0: Right before I came back to record this, um, <clears throat> I saw Simon Cowell on TV. Simon Cowell is the was the the judge on American Idol, the um acerbic judge from the UK who became quite popular for being mean. Or at least just shooting people straight. Anyway, he has I wanna be careful how I say this. It occurs to me now that I wanna be I wanna be generous and and gracious. It appears as if he has had plastic surgery. And I wanna be careful because by all means, it's entirely his right. And I think he looks fine. The thing about it is this, I don't want a surgery shame, that's silly. Everybody has to live their own life and everybody's journey is their own. And theoretically, plastic surgery doesn't really affect anybody else. I mean, in terms of like, it's just something you do to yourself. The, the reason it struck me is, and I'm making a lot of assumptions. Some would say I'm making judgments. Uh, I don't deny that. It's just the thought process I engaged in. Um, The things I thought were as follows. I thought, he looks a little bit different. And then I thought, I would assume he did what he did because he wanted to combat the effects of aging or he didn't like something about the way he looked prior to the surgeries. Those could be wrong. Could be something I'm not thinking of. But assuming those things are correct, I felt sort of sad in a way because I think he looked fine before, and because I immediately became aware of what it feels like to not like what you see in the mirror. And so that, so really this is about that. It's not really about uh, plastic surgery. I mean, live your life, do your thing. It's not my business. But that feeling that we get, that I get, when I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see, or I don't like something about what I see, I hate that. If you felt that, I'm sorry. I know I may not know you, but if I may be so bold, I want to say that maybe if you've ever felt that or if you feel that way regularly now, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're being too hard on yourself. Maybe I'm being too hard on myself when I feel like that. This is where it gets tricky for me personally. I don't like what I see sometimes in the mirror because I don't like how much I weigh. And I struggle with what I could be doing, but I'm not doing to change that. That leads me down this long sort of existential crisis of if you really wanted to, you'd do more. I don't have any of that figured out. And this isn't really about that. What I do know, what I do believe, is that today, right now, however I look in the mirror, whatever I actually am, is okay. Platitudes are tricky. Aphorisms, right? Cliches, idioms, all that stuff. All those things that we say, the bumper sticker messages, they're tricky because... Sometimes they're not enough, but I actually do think there's something to the idea that we have to love ourselves first or else we can't really fully accept love from others. So be kind to yourself. There's a really good chance you're better than you realize. My name is Steven and this is Get Tucked. I Don't Trust This Man podcast. thinking about control a lot. I believe control is a myth. Control is a lie. I have the ability to anticipate where a conversation is going with another person. And I have, I had much more than I do now. I had the, I used to have a tendency to attempt to adjust a conversation based on where I could tell it was going. It was always interesting to me when it didn't quite work and it was always interesting to me when I felt like in the moment I was able to divert the topic of conversation to something I wanted to talk about versus something I didn't want to talk about inevitably, particularly in matters of real import, things that, I, that had to be addressed. So to put this in a practical context, let's say, for example, if something that um, I needed to talk to my wife about and we just needed to really face it and figure it out, let's say it's a financial issue or some decision we needed to make, I would be able to tell Five minutes sort of ahead of time, I could tell that a conversation would take us to a place where we'd have to talk about that thing, and so I would divert, I would change it. The thing I wanted to avoid would always find its way back. It's it was unavoidable. Control, or the illusion of control, was always there until it wasn't. Right? It seemed like it worked until it didn't. That's just one small example. Sometimes now, I had the tendency to not talk about a thing because I don't, I can't control how. The other person will respond, so I just don't talk about it. That's immature and self-centered and selfish and self-serving, all the selves. It's not hard to look around today and see people attempting to control their situations, attempting to control other people. Controlling other people is a particular hot button for me because I've I've both b- been controlled and controlled. I have attempted to be controlled. I was, in my opinion, super-duper controlling early on in our marriage, and I, I hate everything about it. I have also worked for people who are controlling. I have worked for people across my professional life who very much want to control what other people do. Sometimes subtly, not times not so subtly. And so because of what I know I'm capable of and because of what I've seen, control is anathema to me. And I can smell it a mile away. (laughs) Control is so oppressive, even for the controller. It's bondage, isn't it? There is nothing so freeing as not being bound by the need to control the actions of another person. That is genuine freedom. I say that because I experience that. I find myself in conversations, particularly at home, particularly with my wife, where I I am learning to feel what it is to let her experience emotions in whatever way she needs to, and to let her say whatever she wants or needs to say, to not attempt to control the way a conversation might go or the way a, a topic might be brought up attempting to control I'm I'm, I'm trying to think about why I don't actually know I don't know why it is that you control things you may control things because you don't trust other people to do right by you you may attempt to control things because you don't believe that the world is built fairly you may attempt to control things because you don't actually think you're enough and so you have to manipulate every situation you're in to ensure that you seem to be something that you don't think you are may maybe you need to exercise control because there was a really important moment in your life when you were entirely out of control and the world or your family or God failed you. And so now, looking forward, you'll be damned if you'll ever not be in control. The hard truth is none of us are ever really in control. And people who are truly controlling can control things for a long time, up until the moment they realize they've controlled themselves into complete solitude. It's hard because we aren't promised a life free from pain, and so I think we want to control how much discomfort and hurt we experience. But as you know, if you're old enough to understand the words that I'm saying, you're old enough to know that there's pain in this world you can't avoid. As much as I hate to say it because I don't want to experience any more pain in my life, I'm good. The truth is we can't control it. And it's difficult to believe God's promises when he tells us that his grace is sufficient, when it feels like, why don't you just keep us from the pain to begin with? keep us from the heartache and the hardship. There's a thing called theodicy. It's the problem of pain. It's the theology of pain. I guess you could say, why does God allow good things to happen to bad, uh, forgive me, bad things to happen to good people? Or frankly, why why does God allow good things to happen to bad people? Why does pain happen? I'm hitting a point in my life where I'm learning to be, I'm attempting to be content to relative, just to chalk it up to mystery. I don't understand it. God doesn't answer Job's questions in the Bible. He doesn't really tell us why pain happens. He does, though, enter into pain with us. But even then, it's like, we could just maybe avoid this pain, Jesus. Thanks so much for walking with me in it, but could we walk around it? May God give you the courage to face the reality that control is not real, and that your life is actually more fully lived you attempt to control things and others just a little bit less. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. May you know God's goodness and mercy tonight. And may you, I pray, have peaceful rest and sweet dreams.